Thank you for downloading the A Meal for 2 by 2 podcast. My name is Niall Bakewell and in every episode I'll be catching up with old friends as we cook and eat a meal together and getting them to tell you a little bit more about their life and what they do now. Sometimes I'll be meeting up with quite new friends and getting to know them better as we cook and eat and sometimes I'll be hanging back and letting two other old friends catch up with each other as I eavesdrop with the rest of you. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter by searching at for2x2 that's at 42 by 2 and please do give us some comments and feedback to let us know how we can improve this in the future enjoy the show My guest in this episode is arts consultant and facilitator and former director of Belfast Culture Night, Adam Turkington. We discuss his passion for street art, his new project working with an artist cooperative in East Belfast and how art must challenge the current political and economic system. So Adam, what are we cooking today? Uh, today we are having bibimbap. Right. Um, it's a Korean um, rice dish, basically, with a fried egg on top. I mean, I don't even want to call it a recipe, but I kind of find... Um, I got a Korean book for Christmas a couple of years ago, and there's a sort of recipe in it, um, which I basically have been messing around with it um, for the last year and a half, I guess, and sort of just doing it differently and trying out different... Because it's kind of got quite a loose. It's basically just rice and egg, some sauce, some toppings and vegetables nice. you can kind of do whatever you like with it um, and just a second ago there while you were talking you were marinating some beef tell us about the marinade uh just a bit of garlic um soy and toasted sesame oil toasted sesame oil is um you kind of get it in the asian supermarket it kind of it's a very distinctly korean ingredient um it has a very distinctive sort of you can smell it it's like it's kind of totally oh yes it's not quite no, like normal sesame oil. It's way better. Yes, um, yes. And it's I like I go through it. Like and that crazy was now. what cut of beef was that? Oh, I just bought the like little tray of stir fry beef. So is something you like me to chop or prep or? Um, I'm trying to look what my other good knife is. Hold on. Um, it should be here actually. Right. Okay. Um. How are you at uh, Julienne and Carrots? Ah, I am well versed, but never ever very expert on it. Just don't cut your finger, that's okay. the main thing. So, uh, Adam Turkington, um, you are a, a bit of a, an institution in the arts in Northern Ireland. You've been with Seedhead Arts for how long now? Well, Seedhead Arts is me, like it's not yeah. my partner. So, I mean, it's just a name that I use for to kind of head like a way of working a sort of a flag of convenience almost yeah I, yeah i mean it's just kind of you need a brand don't you um here do you want a peeler actually ah yes that's yes. probably better perfect yes than what you're doing there um so um yeah i was something that whenever i went freelance i was like um right well how do i I don't want to call myself Adam Turkington. That's a bit just boring, you know, and that never really even liked my name much. Um, so what can I? Uh, that's my 
uh, what can I, what, what, like, so I need a name, you know, to call myself. And that was what we came up with. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I suppose when you set up, you're very much like the received wisdom is do one thing and do it well. And I was like very clearly trying to move away from that, actually. Um, <laughs> I wanted to be good at like a way of doing things i suppose a, an ideology or a um i've chopped i chopped a cucumber by the way i'm uh, now moving on to chopping some spring onions excellent this is great um, I love the... uh, uh so you know I, I i kind of really honestly just thought well that's not what i'm that's not what my reputation is my reputation is not hey there's adam he does one thing and does it well mm. like that's not <laughs> yes I mean, if i do have any kind of profile it's not for that you know <laughs> um it's for just kind of going about things a certain way and having a bit of a an attitude and you know uh, hopefully a bit of politics behind what we do as well and a bit of sort of and where did, before seedhead uh how did you begin your work in the arts um oh, it was kind of an accident really like I'm not, I, I'm a media studies and, ph and philosophy graduate. You know, I wanted to do straight media, didn't get the grades. Um, I'm sure it's happened to many, as I know, it happened to pretty much all my compatriots. You know, apart from the brain brainiacs like my wife who got on to straight media. Um, they, you were basically, if you didn't get the grades to get on to straight media, you got offered what was called humanities combined, uh -huh. which was effectively. Um, you were able to do half or if depending on how you did in first year exams you could do maybe a little bit more um on media and uh and, and then you had to do one other thing as well so i had like history and um philosophy in year one and the philosophy or sorry the history tutors in korean were awful <laughs> so uh, like totally bored the pants off me and the philosophy tutors were actually the opposite so that's how I ended up kind of choosing to do that. And I, it's kind of really interesting. I do just definitely think it's probably, I mean, if I had to pay for my university education, I don't think I would pay for it, right? And that's kind of like certainly, you know, in terms of value for money, like, you know, I was on nine hours a week. That would have been me with history and politics yeah. at Queen's, yeah. And you're like, why am I paying nine grand for that? That seems quite ridiculous, you know? <laughs> uh, but having said that, I do think that, um, so right, uh, we're going to put these carrots that you've very well, you've done that well, Ishmael. I, uh, I command your Julienne. <laughs> I uh, still think Gordon Ramsay would throw a well, plate at my head. Well, he can bugger off. He's not, um, he's not here. He's not, thank God. And we're not, uh, we're not cooking for, um, you know, people who care who, about who, who are paying primarily. Yes. They'll take it and they'll like it. It's it's funny, um, the the sort of so yeah. I just get. Oh. I'm taking this. I've got some broccoli which I'm putting in with these carrots, and I'm putting it in the top of the um, uh, rice cooker so that the vegetables will steam while the rice cooks. Great. So so this you in the rice cooker you've had rice soaking for a while, and now we're putting all that on so the rice and the vegetables are going to steam together. Yeah, I mean, the best way to cook rice is to let it soak for 30 minutes before, rinse it, and then let it soak for 30 minutes. And then ideally, actually, once it's finished cooking, you probably want to leave it for another 20 minutes. Yes. Um, like, you know, never. 
like very very occasionally does that happen in my in my life well just time like you know not i end up making this a lot for lunch um because it's really easy i was gonna um, say it's just such a nice simple thing and it's good for you and but you can do whatever you can you can basically god you can basically make it up with whatever you have in the, you have in the fridge you know so, so it's basically nice bottom of steamed rice and then whatever veg you want with that and and then a fried egg on top and then there's a particular sauce that, that you use which sets the whole thing off um, and then I would also have like some chili flakes and some uh, I've ground I've roasted and ground peanuts oh, which yes. I kind of keep in a jar you know which is um, we were roasting nuts the other day and of course you one were. thing I was saying uh, then was always set the timer when you put the nuts in the oven yeah so that's the oh that's love that's like that's so like that's essence just... of peanut butter in a jar yeah yeah so that goes on the top that goes on the top so we've got chili uh, flakes we've got some of these ground roasted ground peanuts oh, these go on the top is there any oh is that garlic granules no 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 it's uh, set toasted sesame seeds oh lovely so they all go on the top and that's crazy if you have them all just in the cupboard you got and then you basically just need to decide which vegetables you want to cook and which ones you want to have raw and then fry an egg and put it on top. Happy day. Bob's your uncle. So while everything... So we uh, haven't done any, haven't made any real effort. No, no this is great. All the more time for talking. So we've got the recipe steaming away there. Yeah. And if you don't have a rice cooker, you know, just get a little bamboo steamer thing and yeah, stick yeah, that yeah, on the yeah. top or, of or, your rice. Yeah, exactly. Boiling. Or, I mean, and look, to be honest, where like, the carrot wouldn't need cooked. You know I what know. I mean? You don't need to cook it, but I'm just, I, I tend to just because it, um, there's, you're getting crunch from other elements. So it kind of... If you've got it there, it's handy enough. So you graduate with uh, media and philosophy and then just basically get into the day-to-day -day of... The trying to find... Community. Well, no, 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 not at all. I spent like a very long time trying to find a job. Um, it got to a year. I graduated in 2000... Uh, 2000, have a laugh. I graduated in 93. Uh-huh. Um, Britain. And yes. Not, like, really not many jobs at all. Um, and I ended up, um, I ended up getting a job on the JTP, uh, which was a kind of way of fiddling the unemployment figures. Oh yes. Um, basically, but I worked on uh, ACE scheme and job training programs for the first three years of my career. I was at the YMCA, and I kind of it was kind of more to do with media and a little bit of youth work back in those days. It was kind of a a, pro a project that I invented myself when I got them to take me on, which was pretty sweet. Ridiculous. Um, but I mean, what was it to, to mean to take me on? Didn't they just had to give me a desk, you know? They didn't, yes. It didn't cost. They weren't paying my, my wages, you know. Um, anyway, it was very good of them. Um, and sorry, I'm just going to cook some more. So just uh, just uh, chop some of those chestnut mushrooms. Uh, I think so. Yeah, they yeah. came from the Helens Bay last week. So Ooh, lovely. Helens Bay, but for people outside of Northern Ireland, Helens Bay is a big organic farm. Really, really nice place. So anyway, so um, yeah, you what, just basically what? started to um, sorry, the cat is develop really a career from the the very ground up. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of like I did that, and then I like I remember like after working on that for a few years, I remember like 
thinking this is actually pretty decent work I'm doing here and I'm not getting paid. I bet you, bet you somebody would pay me to work. So I go there, I go from there to work in the Shankle Festival for a few years and you know, I, I do think, I always say it was a really good sort of move for me because um, nobody, <laughs> I don't think many people wanted the job. Yeah, At least that's kind of my impression because I got it. So um, for listeners outside again, outside Northern Ireland, Shankle Road is a working class loyalist community in Belfast. And the, the, so that festival would have been very much sort of community culture rather than overtly just arts. Is that right? Yeah, although, I mean, I was obviously trying to hold both those things in tension you know um like there was community stuff that happened and i facilitated that and then i tried to make it less one-dimensional let's say yes um so trying to inject more arts because i think there's yeah, tension creativity arts i mean i don't culture. i mean yeah the, like the, the problem that they have there's a community theater um group in the shackle and they were they they did some good work but they were pretty much like the one lens by which the entire shankle viewed the arts as a whole you know yeah yeah um, so that was kind of difficult um uh, especially if you didn't like their particular brand of art uh, so if you didn't like uh, community theater then you wouldn't think that the arts is for you yes you know? um anyway I mean, so this is the mid 90s this is a time where Northern Ireland's kind of understanding of the arts would have primarily been the Ulster Orchestra and the Belfast Festival at Queen's. Very, very highbrow. Very yeah. Radio 3. Although, well, it was, it was a time where um, certainly in working class communities, I, I would argue that um, the arts played a, an absolutely key role in peace process you know yes. people, people like well people like the the Shankle community theater but also um martin lynch people like that sort of the community arts movement you know i was working in the Shankle post ceasefire but pre-good friday agreement so you know nobody was shooting anybody but things weren't perfect yeah um <coughs> and uh yeah it was it was a, it was a it was four years there and you know it was time to leave it was it was a tough gig Mm. But actually, the thing that was useful about it for me, from a career point of view, was like there was nobody else working in working class loyalist um, uh, arts provision in the in in the city. Yes. So whenever they needed, um, uh, whenever they needed, sorry, whenever they needed uh, a uh, a community arts practitioner or an arts practitioner from a working class loyalist background, there was only really one number in the book. Sweet. So I got invited to all the best kind of meetings and suddenly started to move in kind of circles that <coughs> really my career up to that point didn't warrant at all. So that was that was good. Um, and then four years later, I applied for and got a job at the Waterfront Hall, um, which was a really fantastic place to work for a long time. You know, really interesting kind of... I I kind of started working there when it was about four years open. Mm. Tell me, yeah, g give me a bit more about what Seedhead Arts is all about. Well, okay, so Seedhead Arts happens because I get fired. Okay. Uh, yes. So it basically happens. Um, is that wild garlic? No. Oh no, 
Uh, it's either sp- I haven't taken it out yet. It's either spinach or I think it's spinach. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, it happens because um, I have uh, in order to I didn't get fired. I, I got I, I I got suspended, which is the next best thing. Yes. And uh, before I had a disciplinary, um, which and it was I mean to be with a, not that it matters, but I didn't do the thing I got suspended for. But oh. it changes the dynamic. Of, yes. of how you see that the organization you're especially when you're working above and beyond what you consider to be appropriate <laughs> weeks what work. yeah exactly you know you would have been i'd have been working and delivering well above what my pay grade was you know yes um and to so, be treated shabbily and so exactly to be treated like that was pretty grim so yeah. So, sorry, just while we were talking, Adam chopped some beautiful fresh spinach there. I'm now uh, getting some oil in the wok. So yeah. I think we're going to hear some sizzle in a second. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically you uh, took the opportunity to say, right, enough of this. So, yeah, like I kind of, um, and I got the job at Culture Night uh, very quickly. And that was a six-month contract. So, obviously, when you leave a full-time contract to do a six-month contract, mm. you have to fill the other six months. So the question was like, well, how do I do that? You know, I have to set up myself up in business. And I, I don't know, it, I suppose because I'm a creative, like it kind of felt appropriate to have um, like a brand as opposed to like a... A uh, person. As, as yeah, a like person. a person. Yeah. Sorry, I had hardly mushrooms left, but I just... No, it's all right. Um, um, so... Sorry. Spinach in the wok. Um, so just to say, as we're talking, Adam's laid out some little sort of um, uh, serving bowls. So we've got some julienne of cucumber, some uh, chopped spring onion, and now some fried mushroom. And I think we're going to have some spinach fried in oil with some soy sauce. Whoa, I love that sizzle. Um, so, so basically, Seedhead is your your way it's of. It's just a brand, man. Yeah. It's just a brand for me and my partner. and. I suppose I was very keen whenever I had had a job that had taken up so much of my personal time that the next job that I had would involve my partner a bit more so that our work would be something that we would have in common as opposed to something that would be a barrier between us, you know. I mean, uh, that, that's a really nice, um, you know, uh, what's the word, sentiment, but it doesn't always work out like that. I still mm. think it was the right choice. But um, And what does, um, what does Seedhead... What sort of art do you produce and who do you Whatever you want, man. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not about... I mean, we do do a lot of street art, obviously. Uh, that's what we're kind of most kind of well-known for, I guess. We run a street art walking tour, and we run a, a street art festival. Because, I mean, street art, during the Troubles, for those who maybe don't know, you know, the, 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 there's a kind of a side of street art now, which is a mawkish troubles tourism thing of well, going no. and seeing the murals well, no no. Uh, no 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 that is not street art yeah that is mural art uh-huh. not all street art is mural art okay yes. street art originates in brooklyn new york in the 1970s or at least graffiti art does and street art comes directly from that so what you would have in northern ireland is a tradition which goes back over 100 years You'd know all this if you'd ever come in my turn. Uh, so, this is you anyway, call me here, my so, ignorance and my <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, coming and eating my food, but not taking my tour. <laughs> but I'm anyway. getting the tour now. You're it's educating okay. me. <laughs> no, so um, so yeah, like it's not. Uh, we had a tr neural tradition which makes street arts interventions here all the more powerful because people are wall literate. People uh -huh. understand what it's that like walls are used to divide and they're used for like writing on walls is always political here walls are ultra political because it's not just is what's on the walls political but we actually build walls between people for political ends which is why street art is such a big deal in bethlehem or berlin yes. because the walls there have more significance so first of all street artists want to paint there but certainly also when you do paint on the walls the residents get it yeah in a much more visceral way but if you go into uh, areas in Belfast especially that are still very defined by their their sort of religious constitutional ethnic sense yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. though th their their mural art is all about expressing that great heightened sense oh, of sure, identity yeah. of being either Catholic or Protestant. sure absolutely yeah. sorry I was only interrupting because you said yeah. it was straight art like sorry. I mean you're absolutely yeah. correct uh, and um, you, the street art that you're doing is about showing a different way. <laughs> I, I can hear yeah, now the beast marinating beast going on. It's about showing people here a different way to use that same medium. Yeah, I mean, look, I've had this conversation a few times with people recently, and I think that I don't like overthinking it. Uh huh. Right. This is what I do, and I do it because my because of my gut and because of my instinct and because I think it will be fun. And I don't actually, I mean, I think the reason why it fascinates me is because of all the things that you talked about, but I don't sit down and go, hey, what can I do to mess with the system today? And, <laughs> and, and what can I do to, um, you know, interrogate this like division that we have in a new and different way? Because I think I do that. Oh God, sorry, it's on the wall. Um, I think I kind of do that anyway. Like I think, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in making a plan mm -hmm. to do those sorts of things. I think if you almost meditate and lean into the those ideas and think about those ideas, that when it comes round to doing stuff, you'll find yourself naturally, you know, doing those things. I think. Gotcha. So I don't really. I mean, I will talk a lot about you know kind of theory, but it's not about. It's not about a motivation for me, I suppose, is what I'm saying. You know, I don't yeah. sit down and go, uh, here, I want to do some street art today so I can, you know, change Northern Ireland. Yeah. That's just because I think it looks pretty. And I like, I like, I mean, I'm a facilitator, of, essentially. You know, that's my role is I'll um, make, make stuff happen, you know, make... Yeah. I'll, I'll take people's ideas or, you know, marry, you know, artists with people who are looking for creative approaches to things, you know, um, and that's where I get a kick. And primarily, actually, just about getting those people work as well, well-deserved people who are, you know, very, I think that's good, uh, who are well-deserving of the, um, the work, you know, and the respect and aren't really getting it there's an awful lot of people get all the work yes and who who you know i think there's there's a certain kind of sensibility of safe pair of hands with some 
public sector organisations in particular, I guess. Um, and I'm, I suppose, all about being an intermediary there to try and, first of all, help the um, the public organisations take, take more risks coming up on their face. It's, um, uh, it's something that's come up in the podcast before about how all too often in any uh, of the creative industries, the few get it all and the many don't make a living out of it. And I, I, yeah. I had a friend on who, you know, has uh, a job as a singer in a band and how often she's asked to do free gigs. Going, why? You know, if you've got the money to pay me, it's it, this is work. Pay me for my labour. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, if you're if your barman are prepared to do it for exposure, then maybe we should think about doing it for exposure. But until that happens, then <laughs> it doesn't work like that, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Um, but I will say there is a slightly. Hold on a minute. What's the date? No, they can't be used. Oh. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll try and float them in the, in so the water, just, but those like, are growing legs. They, they, now they have been they have been in the back of the fridge for quite some time. I think we do have enough though. We're all right. Great. Um, so, yeah. Um, like I think I think there's a I think there's a kind of I, I don't think there's a kind of a hard and fast rule. I don't believe in going. I never work for free. Yeah, I work for free all the time. Um, as long as it's not exploitative, as long as someone else isn't making money out of your free labour. Nah, I don't. Sometimes I do it because I enjoy yeah. it, and that's okay. I mean, I don't. I suppose what I'm saying is like I kind of like sometimes exposure is good. Sometimes right. somebody can make money out of me, and I can work really, really hard, and somebody can make a lot of money out of it. But then next time, I'll make more. I'll make money out of it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like I do, See, these, these things are often quite. People often treat these things like they're quite binary, you know. And I'm not. I don't. I'm just. I'm just. I'm very fluid. Like okay. I kind of like to be able to change my mind, and I like to be able to kind of say that that was wrong, and I'll do this a different way, or I'm going to stop doing this and start doing this. I don't want to be. Um, don't want to be stuck you know i don't want to be stuck doing the, the same thing or stuck with an idea you know i'm kind of interested in like i've changed my politics and my belief structure and you know so much about where i sit ideologically in the last couple of years even mm. in the last 20 years so i I, th <clears throat> I think if you're not prepared to do that you need to ask yourself you need to take a long hard look at yourself you know to yeah. think that you got it right when you were 20 <laughs> you're really you know that's you you know you can't you can't well you can but i don't want to live like that i'd rather no. i'd rather like a 20 year old me was he was very religious and the idea that you know he would grow up to be somebody who would reject god entirely <laughs> he would probably rather be dead you know than become me that's how you know sort of much I've sort of turned around, I guess, but um, and I might turn back the other way sometime. You, know, you never know. So we've um, we've stir fried the beef, stir fried some spinach, and now we're gonna fry the eggs, and we're pretty much that's done. pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so oh no, I want to make some more sauce. Actually, uh, I yes, have some sauce, cool. but I want to make some more. So um, the arts in Northern Ireland now. Yeah. Um, I take it like everywhere else, there's always 
a tension between those, I mean, you, you have state agencies with money, you have private sector with money, you have voluntary organizations with money, and the arts needs money to survive, but the arts also needs to be challenging, edgy, and uh, iconoclastic to survive. And mm -hmm. you're sort of navigating a lot of that for especially first time or new to the scene artists. Yeah, I have no public money. Actually, I think private money is much easier to get and be true to yourself than public money. The sector as a whole that's in receipt of public money has shrunk in its ambition because they're all so worried about not getting funding. They're all so um, conservative about, because, they, but they, because they've been cut so much they can't afford to be cut anymore. Yeah. So nobody will say, you know, here Arts, Arts Council, um, you know, I don't think you're right there because then they'll get eliminated. Yeah. You know, um, I can say whatever I like. Yes. Because, you know, I don't, and the, even the big clients that I have, like they're clients who employ me because they know I'll say what I like. Yeah. That's what you get. So like, I don't know, I'm really lucky, I guess, but I do think there's a real um, question. <sighs> I can put this. I think, that, here's a good example. City Council at the minute are doing this whole thing around how the future of the arts in the city. And when you go to the, uh, pub, the consultations of the arts sector, there's so much talk about investment. Fine, that's mm -hmm. fair enough. But what they're talking about doing will move the goalposts in such a way that it will release funding from other parts of council that the arts department couldn't even dream of. Right. And the people who are in those discussions, or a lot of them, don't have the vision to understand that actually if you change the ideology, if you change the lens by which all the departments in City Hall look at how they do their job and see creativity and the arts and placemaking and just creative thinking as a way to enact the agendas of their own individual departments. That's a game changer for everyone. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's so many times people are like, yeah, but where, when are you gonna put your money where your mouth is? You're like, well, as somebody who's not in receipt of any of that public money, I don't give it to <laughs> You know, I can't apply for it. Yeah. I still, yeah, you know, people think, see, I mean, people think Seedhead Arts is a charity, right? Yeah. Just because it's got the word arts in the title. Mm. That's, I mean, actually, an arts officer in council thought that. And I'm like, do you have that narrow an opinion of the arts that you think that it's literally begging bowl culture? Like, yeah. The arts equals subsidy. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that the arts shouldn't get subsidy yeah. in certain sections. And in the same way that farming gets a subsidy or tourism gets a subsidy yeah. they're still businesses though you don't automatically assume that a farmer is a charity or like a, a tourism a tour guide or a hotel is a charity right yeah because but because they're they're in a sector that gets subsidy doesn't necessarily equal they're a charity but in the arts it does people just think that the arts is like literally something that we just pump money into and we don't get anything out of yeah and that has been because of the fact that as a sector and in particular you know the leaders of the sector not all the leaders but a lot of the leaders and certainly the ones at the arts council have pretty much failed to make the case for the arts mm. they've tried and but i think they probably need to 
fess up now and go because because they have they have been responsible for year on year cuts for the last 10 years we've had 40 or 50 percent of the budget cut the film industry haven't seen that mm. you know everybody goes oh oh no but it's just like that's what's happened to everyone that hasn't happened to everyone mm. right and the arts is obviously disproportionately affected because it was tiny beforehand anyway so the fact is it's not about the money the money comes if you change the outlook if you change the ideology if you make people set up and go hold on a minute like i don't want to just live in a gray world with no music no color no <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah yeah no 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 game of thrones like whatever you want to yeah. whatever lens you want to look at it this is all because of creatives this has happened because of creatives um and it's not and a lot of those creatives are just getting on with it and making a living and not taking any subsidy and, and making our lives a better place mm. and some of them are doing it really badly because they're just going after the money yeah right there are basically a lot of kind of you can do it one or other way like but your ideology will if you start out and go right well i want to get as much money as i can you'll probably create crap art yeah right but and, and there's so much money for crap art i mean there's so much money in northern ireland that wants to buy another horse painting like, yeah but uh, then that's but that but that i think that is because um that is because of the base and the superstructure yeah <laughs> okay that is because that is because cap capitalism is bad for art yeah effectively um until we smash capitalism we're probably gonna have to live with that in a beautiful cast iron pan. I'm very envious of this pan. This was my birthday present. Would you yes. like to see this too? Oh. That's my palette knife. Oh, look at that. Nicely this, seasoned as well. This was my great uncle Tommy, who used to run Isabel's Burger oh, in, in really? Belfast. Yeah. And that's his palette knife? That's his palette that's knife. Class. It's not now, he's dead, but you know. So with the vault, uh, well, very quickly. Not just, part. I guess the point is like when you look at the, the way that art begins, the, the question about capitalism, right, in terms of Marxist theory is, oh, I've, excuse me, I've broken a yoke, never mind. Um, uh, is how, like, if, if um, art is in the superstructure, yes. how does it affect, can it affect the base, yes. right? And the way that it can do that is by setting up different models, which is effectively what we're doing in the vault. So we, we basically have a, a system there where, Oh God, come on. Um, we've taken over a building, we don't pay any rent. Um, and we just pay for utilities and charge our members the cost of what our utilities bills are to, to be there. Um, and that enables artists to basically be a lot freer in terms of their practice. So, and this was a, an old, was it an old factory building? No, it building? was an old school, an old no. performing arts college. An old Are you not coming to our festival on, on uh, next weekend? Yes, I The know. Vault Friends Festival, you need to look it up. Uh, yes, yes, I saw this online. Um, so. Because it's this fantastic old 60s sort of brutalist structure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and right in the shadow of the of the cranes and the yellow cranes, the shipyard cranes. Yeah, in right Belfast. in a really problematic sort of area. Like Titanic Ward currently has 45% child poverty. I mean, this is Titanic Ward we're in now. Yes. Um, 
And yet, back to this stru superstructure in the base and the vault, your your tenants, they literally pay for their share of the utilities. And you know, and, but we're also setting up things like we're, we've got an allotment in the garden. <laughs> you know, wow. in the front, we've got like a tool, we're setting up a tool library. Um, yes, you know, we have, community lunch, we have community lunches all the time. You know, so we're sort of building uh, models for people to kind of, I think I need, now, can you go into that? Uh, the bottom, see that open, the bottom yep. shelf on the left, there should be a plate just. Yeah. This one? Any plate. Yeah. Wait, sorry, I'll just say Adam is making the most deliciously crispy fried eggs here, they look fantastic. Um, so so it, it's an art space, a community space, a healing space, a... It's, primar it's primarily uh, an art studio. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's also a place where community is happening in effect and what we do whenever people join I'm the sort of chairperson of the charity and whenever people join I kind of make it really clear to them that your monetary rent is 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 really really nothing yeah. and you know that like my rent's 30 pound a month the most wow. expensive one is 60 pounds a month and we're able to do that because because of the model that we've set up yes but the model that we've set up is that it's not just monetary rent so whenever we run an event, you're expected to contribute. Yes. Whenever we need to clean up for some kind of inspection or we just got an entertainment license. So wow. um, so whenever you need to do that kind of stuff, we expect you, your rent is due. Yes. We expect you to contribute. And not only that, but like actually just your presence in the community yes. is your rent. So whenever we have like social like events, you should try and be there. Your rent is being oh, part of the yeah. community. Your, your, your presence is rent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that cooperative side of it, that community side of it, and the, the monetary side is, is nominal. We're trying to remove as much of the money as we can, basically. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's a, it's a model which is working incredibly well. So you pay your dues, not your rent. Yeah. Yeah, you pay your rent and juice or whatever. Yeah. So we got some hot pepper paste here. Did you get that from a nation supermarket? Yeah, this is Korean. Uh, this is a, uh, this is probably the most essential Korean ingredient. Right. It's and a kind of chili paste. So it's, it's called, called uh, go, uh, gochujang. Yeah. Gochujang. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of I'm never really sure. You know these things that you see written down that you're like, <laughs> yeah. The first time it's like oh, the best example for me is the. Um, what is it called again? Uh, quesadillas. Oh yes. So mm -hmm. I kind of hadn't actually heard that phrase, just seen it written down so much for years. And I always called it quesadillas. <laughs> and then I was like, what are you talking about? Why, why are you giving us, what are you even, what are they? So just um, say uh, two tablespoons of chili paste, one of toasted sesame it's oil. It's supposed to be three, but ah. I find that three is really puts the children off. Aye, and um, then one each of soy sauce and soy sauce and uh, toasted sesame oil. Yeah, and there's a garlic clove over there as well. So if right. you can give me that, do you want me to crush it or smash chop it? Smash it to bits. Smash please, it to yeah. bits. Um, and then a tablespoon of maple syrup. So uh, this is just this is community arts in practice, occupying space, occupying. Well, uh, I, a community the that whole, the state has neglected. The whole thing is, right, I, we have to examine what, you know, capitalism is broken, like not even, 
I mean, practically no capitalist would even say that it isn't broken. Like that, it needs changed in some ways. We need to find new models for people to be. You know, there are. There, you know, at one point somebody invented capitalism, right? Mm. Like it wasn't always there. So sooner or later, somebody's going to have to invent something to replace it because it shouldn't be the case that it's just always there. Yes. Shouldn't, we shouldn't just accept that that's, oh, that's it now. That's what we've got for all eternity. You know, when has anybody, when has any human ever gone, yeah, no, that's fine. I'll just stop. Put this in. Try, yeah, trying to get better at anything. That's not how it works. And uh, Yeah, so, I mean, it, it is about trying to get... After 40 or 50 years of being told this kind of capitalism is the only show in town, trying to get people to understand this isn't reality, it's an engineered political economy and there can be others. Just even to sort of sometimes have the... Just even sometimes just basically be at the point where you're going, uh, it doesn't have to always be like this. You know, yeah. like there is gonna... Like I think... You know, even just using the phrase late stage capitalism is kind of powerful enough because yeah. you're kind of going, yeah, look, this is kind of where we, I mean, tongs, this is where we are right now. You know, it's not going to be here forever. So it can't be. It, it's, it's, it's holding, like, tell you what, see when the planet falls apart, like capitalism isn't going to exist anymore because yeah. it doesn't work for fixing the planet. No. And that is what's going to tip it over, I think. But we are... Isn't it I should have done it a long time ago. That but. so much of the conversation around climate change gets framed by how capitalism is going to fix its own problem yeah. when it, it it's inherently climate trashing. It cannot not be climate trashing well, they, because they, it's exploitative. Yeah, because there's no there's no model that says uh, yes, the climate is more important than the shareholder. Yeah, that's not that doesn't. That's it's just not allowed. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, right, look, we've got bowls of vegetables, bowls of meat, plates of eggs. Let me construct one for you. And we're going to watch one get destroyed. Because that's yeah. kind of how it works. Okay. So, so you're um, going to have, like, this is all just being very basic up this to this point. It's wonderful. But, like, it's the construction that is the magic. I okay. You can find the right implement. Okay. So you get a spoonful of rice. And then, like, so basically, what do you want? Everything that we cannot, we can't possibly have everything. That'll be oh. okay. We well, can, but it'll be we're gonna be too all fit. So, if we so go we'll for try a for couple mushrooms, bit of spinach, spinach. Uh, and some, some, some beef. beef. You have to have some yeah, beef, definitely got to have some beef. Um, that's a really big piece of beef, though. probably. But um, I know all oh, these carrots look gorgeous. Okay, a bit of that. And I think you should have the cucumber yeah. for, for a bit of freshness there. And a couple of spring onions. I'll skip the broccoli then. Okay, yes. It was reduced and nearly out of date. Ah, so, perfect. you know, no big deal. Right. We're um, all about stopping food waste in this show, so good. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's fine. And then let me... So we get an egg on top of that. So we're getting the sesame seeds on it now. Right, no, so we first we go with this. All right. Okay. So we got the very, very bright red sauce. This is the sauce you'll see in the photograph for this episode. And then... Um, Bit of this, some of the crushed peanuts on top, a lovely dusting of crushed peanuts, and then a bit of this, some toasted sesame seeds. Make sure they're toasted, must be toasted, as 100%. must the oil. Yes, and then a bit of this for final, and some chili flakes. Okay, and these are real, these are like 
These are really mild. These aren't hot at all. Ah, yeah. They're really, there's another Korean agreement. You can oh, get them in the supermarket. And I'm going to try this now. So the rules are we never make people listen to us eat. Adam, thank you so much for no making a meal for two by two with me today. No so let's enjoy it. Call the kids. Our theme tune is The Old Oak Wood Grows Green Again by Colm Sands, performed by Colm Sands and Anne Harper and published by Elm Grove Music. <laughs>